0: December the 1st. It is officially Christmas season. My wife is so happy. Maybe not as happy as some of our students, but she's so happy. I'm thankful for it. I love Thanksgiving, honestly. It's my favorite, um, but it's always fun to follow up Thanksgiving with some time at, at Christmas. So it's, it's going to be good. This month, uh, during December, our Sundays, as you just watched the video, we're going to be spotlighting. International missions. Now, international missions are missions outside the United States. Uh, a lot of times in December, we call it Lottie Moon missions uh, in representing and remembering of Lottie Moon, who was a missionary who spent almost 40 years in China giving her life, uh, sharing the gospel with the Chinese people. Uh, it's international missions. So this month, we're going to be spotlighting and focusing on international missions all month long. Now, uh how that goes hand in hand this morning i was getting my tithe envelope out and many of you have the same thing mark december the first there was like a blue one in there wasn't it blue green, green. Yeah. i was just seeing if any of y'all actually you know four of y'all gave some that's good i'm just kidding little green offering about a lot of moon see i so i'm just going to be completely transparent with you we used to do a missions march that we would choose a Sunday out of the month of December and we would do like a missions march to give our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. But uh, this year, because our whole month-long emphasis is on international missions, we're not going to have a Sunday dedicated to our giving, or our offering for international missions. We're just going to kind of do it all week or, or all month. Uh, it's going to kind of reflect what we're doing as a church. So throughout the month, if you would like to give towards Lottie Moon, if you would like to give towards international missions... Uh, you can just put it in the offering uh, plate time this month and it will go. It's it's one of those things where you don't have to be here or, or do it on a certain Sunday. It's going to be all five Sundays in December as we focus on uh, international missions, uh, which is cool. What's really cool also is that our church, you guys kind of got a head start in that we've already been kind of looking at how we give to international missions because this past Monday we loaded up 516 boxes given from Westmead Baptist Church. If you clap, praise God. If you clap, praise God. All right. 516 boxes from Westmead Baptist Church will directly impact. Church, don't lose sight of it. Don't play this out of sight, out of mind game. There are 516 children somewhere in this world that will soon be holding the boxes that were in this room they're going to open them, and in that box is all these really cool things you packed. But most importantly, they're going to hear the gospel in their language. This church has already actively propelled ourselves into international missions just by that alone. And Westmead, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to God for the faithfulness that He placed in you to give. Abundantly. You know, we said, hey, we're going to pray big. We want to give big. And you responded to that. And thank you for that. What an incredible testimony of our church. But we're not done. I want us to celebrate 516 boxes. One day on the other side, we will celebrate what God does with those. But in the meantime, there's still work to be done, church. Y'all realize this, yes? yes. Wonderful. Uh, so we're going to be talking about international missions this month. We're going to be celebrating what God is doing through international missions we're going to be looking at what it means to share Jesus now I'm just going to be honest with you all this month we're not going to conclude our services by having a sign up for international missions that would be cool and one day we're going to get there about signing up when we're going to be sending teams from our church internationally to spread the gospel but in the meantime we have to look at how we share Jesus in our current context So this month, we're going to be doing that every Sunday. The the theme is Share Jesus, and we're going to be walking through how we share Jesus with who we come in contact with, with anyone we come in contact with. So as we open the Word together this month, as we unpack the truths of God's Scripture, I want us to see and pull out applications of how we can use this Christmas season to share Jesus with someone else. After all, who is Jesus? Now, I know there's probably like 379 answers that probably pass through your brain just then because you're so smart. Um, but at the same time, Jesus is basically the Son of God who came to do for us something we couldn't do for ourselves. And typically our response to that is worship, is thanksgiving, and then in turn to turn around and continue to share this same Jesus that has transformed our lives with others so that he might transform their lives as well so I want to invite you as we dive in this month as we talk about sharing Jesus that we recognize this idea that it is good news and when there's good news people want to share good news for some reason because they want other people to take joy in it this is the greatest story ever told was that God sent his son to this earth who took on flesh lived a perfect life, laid that life down for the glory of God the Father, conquering death and sin sin and death when he rose again on the third day. And we get a part of that story. This is good news, church, and it's worth sharing. So this morning, uh, as we start to unpack what it is in this Christmas season, how do we share Jesus? I was thinking, since we're talking about international missions, I want to talk about the first living gospel missionaries ever seen, ever recorded. I want to take it back. I want us to open God's word this morning and study the first passage of scripture where we see the first legit missionary, the first ever evangelists take their place as somebody that we're to follow after in declaring the name of Jesus. And they were shepherds. So if you, I invite you to turn to Luke 2 this morning as we engage truth in God's word. But at the same time, as you're turning there, I want to tell you a little bit about shepherds. I grew up in in Mississippi and I went to church with a guy who was a real life shepherd. It was really, really cool. His name was Mr. Barney, which was even cooler, you know, and he came to church every Sunday and he had like a sheet with a belt wrapped around his head and he wore a gown and he had a, a shepherd's crook it was amazing thank you so much. there's actually somebody laughing today the christmas spirit has taken over i don't know what happened i'm joking he didn't dress like that but we get that mental image anytime we hear the word shepherd You know, or we think about Linus with his blanket over his head. You know, we have these mental images when we think about shepherds, but here's the mental image I want you to think about when you think about shepherds, particularly shepherds in the passage of Luke 2 in the context of what was taking place at the time of Jesus' birth. Shepherds, let me just sum it up like this Shepherds was the profession that when you're gathered around the Thanksgiving table, and somebody references that cousin of yours, another family member speaks up and says, well, they could always be a shepherd. It was that the lowest of the lows when it came to profession. It required no education. You didn't have to come from a family of prominence. You didn't have to be a person of influence. You didn't even have to have talent. It was literally there's nothing else you really have no skills to do anything right okay go be a shepherd shepherding was either if it was a family business such as the case of David that we see in the old testament or it was here's some guys they're warm bodies they can do it because all you have to do is keep sheep alive now let me tell you a little bit about sheep sheep are scientifically proven to be one of the dumbest animals there is. Literally, they're very ignorant. You know, sheep are known for something. What is it they're known for? (laughs) Being dumb, thank you. They're wool. Yes, they're wool. True story, and I learned this from Mr. Barney. Sheep, if they are thirsty, they will wander out into the water and they will begin drinking. And if they, they will literally just keep on drinking and they'll keep going into deeper waters. Their wool absorbs water, and they drown. They don't know to stop drinking and get out of the water. So when we think about the 23rd Psalm, we think about, you know, he leadeth me by by, by green pastures and still waters. This is a good thing, like explaining. Like sheep are just not very smart. So in order to keep the dumbest animal alive by giving it food and water, let's get these guys requiring no skill. These are shepherds typically they were uh might have had a criminal record uh typically they might have done something wrong they might have had who knows what true story in the law courts back in the day shepherds could not give testimony because they weren't given enough credibility to even testify in the court of law also because of their job because of the animals they kept because of the hours they kept they were not allowed to participate in jewish ceremonies So when we talk about shepherds, we're not talking about just like some guys. We're talking about kind of rejects. We're talking about uneducated, unpopular, the guys who have no skills, the nobodies. And when we look at this passage, the fact that it happens kind of in the nighttime, we're talking about the shepherds who have the night shift. Do you kind of see the audience of what we're dealing with here? These guys are not... Anybody of significance. So as we think about shepherds, let's look in Luke 2, beginning in verse 8. Luke writes, he says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. What did we say about good news a minute ago, church? It's worth sharing. Yes, good news is worth sharing. And look what the angel brings. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, don't miss this. See, some of y'all never heard this before, have you? So the angel gets done talking and suddenly a great company anybody host thanksgiving this year raise your hand if you had if you hosted thanksgiving if people came to your house all right about half of you so y'all had company right was it a great company yes is great in terms of the number of people or like the attitudes they bring yes when you have over that means that you're going to have a lot of people show up at your house right And when a lot of people show up, things happen. Look what took place here. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds, said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They hurried off. They were were very much intentional. They were hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this scene? I mean, these guys are out out at night watching over the sheep it wasn't christmas eve to them it wasn't before a holiday they weren't looking forward to getting a few days off this was night number 473 or whatever it was just another night to them and then an angel showed up now again shepherds are not very educated But I think you're going to know an angel when it shows up. If you study what angels are about in Scripture, if you follow the course and the pattern of how angels show up and make a scene, they're not very visible very often. Even when they showed up to talk to Mary and Joseph, it wasn't some big ornate thing. It wasn't a public, it was very done and very private. So when you think about the last time an angel publicly showed up in this fashion, it was pretty much to wrought destruction over a city. Seriously. I don't know if these educated shepherds were aware of that, but if you go back and look at the Old Testament, when an angel showed up, things happened. If you don't have blood on your doorpost, guess what's going to happen when that angel shows up? The firstborn dies. Sodom and Gomorrah Two angels show up and cities were left decimated. So when you're out in the field keeping watch over your flocks by night and an angel shows up there's a reason why the first words out of his mouth were don't be afraid. Can you put yourself in that situation where he comes and he delivers a message and it says in the glory of the Lord shone around him. This is the Shekinah glory of God shining this isn't like a bright light this is the glory of god you know we've seen the glory of god shine brightly before moses had to wear a veil over his face after he witnessed the glory of god a little bit later in scripture we see jesus do the same thing when he came down they said lord your face is is shining bright and here they are in the presence of the glory of god shining about them they were terrified church It says it right there, but I want you to think about it. If it was you, you'd be scared to death. You're terrified. What in the world? An angel showed up and gives them this message. And then a whole company of angels showed up. I would love to know how many. I'm going to be that guy when I get there. I'm going to have so many questions. And I know scripture says, that you're, you know, you're going to be known plainly as you are plainly known. But at the same time, I'm going to be like, yeah, how many, who all was there? Raise your hand if you was there. You know, I'm into raising your hands. Some of y'all love that. I don't do that. I'm just <clears throat> moving on. I want to know, you know, next, this coming Sunday, this coming weekend, actually, this coming Saturday night in this room, And next Sunday morning in this room, our choir, incredible choir and our worship team and and all these guys are going to be sharing a River City Christmas. And I encourage you to be here. Come Saturday night, come Sunday morning, come both. Uh, It's going to be really cool. Invite people, invite your neighbors, your friends, bring them. It's going to be, it's going to be an incredible night of worshiping God. Y'all understand that, right? It's not a concert. Please don't build this thing as a Christmas concert. It's a worship service that we get to be a part of just like the one this morning, and it's going to be amazing, and there will be people in here that for the first and only time this Christmas season will hear the gospel, and it's going to be done by these people up here. I'm excited about it. I can't wait because I know our choir, our worship team, they've been working really hard in order to present the gospel plainly and clearly. I'm super excited about it. Dave, I can't wait, but don't get mad at me, David. While we have the best choir on earth, I don't think they're going to hold a candle to what we just read about. The choir, the heavenly company of the heavenly hosts showed up and started singing this one simple little song, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to, the, to those on whom his favor rests. What kind of peace are we talking about here? Peace? Well, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Paul describes this peace in Romans chapter 5, the first two verses. He says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Peace on earth. The prince of of peace. That night that Jesus showed up, peace was established because the war for our hearts had been won. It was just him showing up so that we might have access to worship God. But let's get back to these shepherds. I don't want to miss these guys. Like I said, they weren't the most educated guys, but what was just given to them in this passage was one of the most most profound theological and doctrinally sound messages ever given to humanity did y'all pick up on that when y'all read it y'all did didn't you I'm gonna sit here and just stare at you for a little while I'm a reflection right now some of y'all Y'all just got to learn how to smile, people. Y'all picked up on the doctrine and theology, right? Of course you did. Why? Greg, where are you at? Because you're all smart. Go look at verse 11. I want everyone to look at verse 11. Wake up. Let's all look at verse 11, because you need to see this. Because if you're an angel coming to speak to some of the most uneducated people on earth, how are you going to tell them? that God incarnate is here and what is about to take place is going to change the course of human history. You say it just like this and we see in verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Leave that verse up for just a few minutes. There are three titles of Jesus given in that one verse, in that one message the angel gave. See, the angel came to deliver good news, But he also came to reveal the identity of this Jesus baby. What is the first title? Read it out loud. Say it out loud. Savior. You don't have to be uneducated. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world to know what the Savior is. You could go find anybody in this county and say, Do you know what it means to be saved? Do you know what it means to have a Savior? And somebody could explain it to you. They didn't have to explain it too hard to the shepherds when they say, Today in the day of David, a Savior has been born to you. What does a Savior do? He saves his people. A Savior provides salvation. What's the second title the angel used? Messiah. Messiah. You think a bunch of uneducated shepherds had ever heard of the Messiah? You better believe it. They are parked right outside of Jerusalem. They're outside of Bethlehem, which is only five miles from Jerusalem. So when we hear about a Messiah, everybody knows about the coming Messiah, the one who will redeem his people, the one who will set his people free. And then what's the third title given? Lord. This is the only time in Scripture that three titles of Jesus are used together. The only time. is Savior He is Messiah, and He is Lord. He is Alpha and Omega. He is Creator. He is over all things. He is sovereign. He is Lord. It wasn't just good news. It was the identity of Jesus that was being shared. And then we see the response. They had to go see it. I mean, if the preview was an angelic choir, I want to see what the real thing is. I want to see what all the, ho- I want to see what they're singing about. I want to see about this baby that they just told us is right over here in Bethlehem. I love the urgency. It says they, they went immediately, they went hurriedly to go and see this thing. And if they're sitting there thinking there's going to be a baby in a manger, that's what the angel said. What they're, a manger? That's a food trough. Well, we don't need to check the inns. We don't need to check the hotels. We don't need to start knocking on doors. Where are we going to find a manger? Probably in some barns, maybe some caves. Let's go look and find the animals. That's where a manger is going to be. So they went and started looking, and then suddenly they rounded the corner. I'll check this one over. Hey, guys, shh, hey, guys, I found it. And they walked in, and it was exactly as it had been told. There was this this young teenage girl and there there was her husband, this young guy, and there was literally a baby wrapped up in these cloths laying in a manger. Unbelievable. Just like the angel had said. Who would have predicted a baby in a food trough tonight, guys? But look. Now, I don't know how long these shepherds stayed. I don't know if they visited with Mary and Joseph. I don't know if they asked to hold him. I, I don't, we don't have that. We don't even have any of their names. All we know is the scripture says that when they had seen him, and I don't think it was like, there he is. I think they went in. And really saw him. You know there are a lot of people in Jesus' earthly ministry that saw him. But then there are a lot of people that saw Jesus. You know today in churches all across this world there are people that see Jesus. But then there are believers that see Jesus. And look what happened. When they had seen him. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. What had been told to them about this child, church? It's three things. What had been told them about this child? Savior, Messiah, Lord. They went and saw Jesus, and they left the first commissioned evangelizing gospel missionaries the world had ever seen. They went and told about a Savior. They went to proclaim that the Messiah had come. And they went and told everyone, I have seen the Lord. And a funny thing happened when they did that what does the scripture say the people's response was? They slammed the door in their faces and yelled about the sales taking place that coming weekend. They dismissed them abruptly and handed them a candy cane and told them happy holidays. What was the response of the people when the shepherds told of a savior, of a messiah, and a lord? They were amazed. Church, Humanity has not moved past that stage. But somebody has got to share with them about a Savior, a Messiah, and a Lord that can transform their lives. And when they hear the truth, just like some of you and me, they will be amazed. But they won't be if nobody delivers the message. The first, the first missionaries we ever see are shepherds. Uneducated, outcast, rejects, nobodies. And they couldn't help but to run door to door in the middle of the light proclaiming what they saw, a Savior, a Messiah, the Lord is here. People are still waiting to be amazed, church. They're still waiting for someone to share Jesus with them. They're waiting to hear about a Savior. They're waiting to hear about the Messiah who has come to set the people free. And they're waiting to know about the Lord. So will you share Jesus this Christmas? Will you, don't answer out loud, will you share Jesus this Christmas? I promise you this. I promise you this. It is far better than anything you're going to fit in a box or a package. It is far better than anything or any pose or picture you can send out on a Christmas card. It is far better than anything you could possibly give anybody this year. And guess what? It fits everybody. Will you share Jesus this Christmas? Can you imagine the people waiting to be amazed when you share Jesus? After all, if God can use uneducated, rejected outcasts, lowly nobodies and people are amazed. Think about how, who he could amaze by you. Think of how many people could be amazed if this church committed to sharing Jesus this Christmas. I'm not even talking about internationally. I'm talking about here at home. We've seen the first missionaries do it. And now it's our turn. This month, let's share Jesus and let him amaze the people. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you so much for the truth of Christ. And realistically, God, as complex as it is and as amazing as this story is, it is quite simple, simple enough for ordinary shepherds to get it. And to respond in worship. We see the beauty of your gospel. How it's not for the ones who are all put together. It's not for the people who are the smartest. It's not for the... Gospel's for everyone. Because that's how it started. And God, there are people in this room that they've heard of Jesus. They know the story of Christmas. But they've never seen Jesus. God, there are people in this room... whose lives have never been transformed. There are people in this room that resemble the story of of the young man Jordan on the video whose lives are upside down and they're just trying to figure it all out, but God, the truth is Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So God, this morning I lift up the person, the, the, the man, the lady, they're still trying to figure it out on their own. God, I pray today you reveal to them that they can't do it alone. That it's because of the blood of Jesus, this good news, this gospel that transforms lives. That's what's waiting for them. All they have to do is accept. All they have to do is open their life to who you are, God. And be amazed at this story of a Savior, a Messiah, the Lord. God, there are people in this room professing Christian people, God, Jesus followers that have never opened their mouths to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Oh, we love Christmas and we love everything that it's about. But when it comes to our story, we've chosen silence. God, today, convict them, make them aware of Of the need, of the privilege they have to open their mouth and declare this good news that the angel shared the shepherd who responded with the same way that they just went and told everybody about this baby. God, use our church to communicate truth to our city, to our area, so that the lost can hear about Jesus. May it be the passion on our hearts. May it be the only words on our lips. And God, will you use this body of believers to share Jesus wherever we go this Christmas season. Father God, even now as we enter into a time of invitation, however you're calling us, may we move and respond to you in humble submission and obedience to what you're calling us to be. You've already equipped us, God. You've equipped us, you've called us. It's now time for us to respond. God, today, may we respond. So God be glorified in how we respond, even during this time. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand. And if I can pray with you or for you, I would be honored to. Just come down and let's have that conversation. Lord.